Ben Silverio. And I'm guest host Nicole Keating. And I'm your host and post, Ansel Birch. And it's time, time to, to party! We are not doctors, we don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. What was that one? I have a tiger. Beginning of our actual song. Oh, that's true. Oh. Yes. <laughs> the love of power. <laughs> yes, so yes. We so, so we don't, they get, don't sued. get sued. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite part of the show. Legally distinct. From. <laughs> that, that song. <laughs> I just love when a song is just maybe three steps off of the original theme. Yes. It's like it's not the X Files, but it is. Yeah, you can't come for me, Huey Lewis. Or the news. Or the news. Or the, the news can't come for you. <laughs> <laughs> Although that'd be great if the news came for us. It was just the news, like not Huey Lewis, mm-hmm. and then we'd be disappointed. We'd be like, where's, just you guys? Where's Huey? He had another commitment. We're, we're trying to we're trying to get some press up here. Could you, <laughs> could you call Huey maybe? <laughs> maybe? I mean, no one's going to care about you guys. They're going to be like, who? The news? The, the I news? they were fake. As in Reuters? Like, who are we talking a- about? AP? <laughs> Variety? Oh, right. Good, 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 good poll. Good poll. <laughs> Poise? Poise? Poise oh, Magazine? Poise Magazine? I've heard of her. <laughs> Sparkle? Oh. I've heard of her, too. Yeah, but we don't talk about which her. One, which one would you subscribe to not knowing any of the behind-the-scenes drama? I mean, if I were a... What? Their target audience. girl? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sparkle had that one extra tip about uh, J-Lo. That so. is, that is true. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I'd probably go for Sparkle based on the virtue of name alone. That it poise. just seems like it would be marketed more towards my kind of yeah, glittery poise and personality. Sparkle feel like they've got very different targets. That's yeah. absolutely true. Like, Which is strange that they're in competition. Right. Poise feels more like... L or Vogue. Yeah, L or yeah. Vogue or something. And Sparkle feels like Teen Beat or something. Yeah, yeah. Tiger Beat. Or like a, even a Teen Vogue, something like that. Just something a mm-hmm. little more Cosmo, something a little more frivolous. Yeah, that's a very good point. Interesting. You guys, why are we fighting? <laughs> Girls, why are we fighting? You could, you could be helping other each other. Do they could be building each other up? I mean, I guess they were. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, sweetie. Spoilers, sweetie. Spoilers. <laughs> did you just Doctor Who me? I did. <laughs> I don't know why. What movie are we talking about, Ben? We are talking about the 2004 classic 13 Going on 30, starring Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Je- Judy Greer, and Andy Serkis for some reason. <laughs> For, ev- for every it. reason? He kills it. That's true. He does. Yeah. Because, I mean, I guess back in 2004, Andy Serkis could do whatever the fuck he wants. This was- now, Andy yeah. Serkis is like, oh, it's uh, the mocap guy. I, I told he you. Was he was the mocap is- guy then. He's mocap in this movie. I keep telling you guys. <laughs> yeah. Just as himself. <laughs> <laughs> they had to CG him in because the suit is all CG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's nude. <laughs> <laughs> Just just blue pasties. That's all he got. Yeah. Probably a blue merkin as well. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have that. You say classic, and I love that this movie has become a classic because it was written off. I feel like at the time as sure. like a dumb girl movie, 
Uh, very similar to something like Mean Girls, where it's like, no, I'm not watching that. That's a dumb girl movie. Yeah. And now you put Mean Girls on TV and everyone, regardless of gender, is like, oh, fuck yes, it's Mean Girls. Yeah. Because it's so, so funny. Absolutely. And similar, this movie is like, you put it on TV now, and I know that there are people who, like, especially like uh, adult men, Ansel, uh, hashtag called out, um, that- You can't get more of that than I am, yeah. That, that you, <laughs> Put adult, white in there. Adult white guy. Adult white yep, guy that's me. Mm-hmm. With a beard. Yep. The beard is a plus, though. The beard is in your favor. That's good. It's so validating to have people watch this and be like, oh, this shit is good. It's good. This is yeah. so good. I mean, granted, it's, it is, it's got that romantic comedy sort of bubbly nature. It's very funny. It's very optimistic. It's very charming. But it is... Solid filmmaking yeah. all around. And I believe I, I feel like I might be biased towards this because I know someone who who talks about these movies, specifically like quote unquote teen girl movies a mm-hmm, lot. Mm-hmm. I have a colleague uh, at Slash Film named BJ Colangelo, who is also the co-host of a wonderful podcast called This Ends at Prom. Where <laughs> Great show. That's a- yes. Uh so BJ introduces uh her wife Harmony uh to teen girl movies because Harmony grew up as t- as a teen boy. Uh, so she missed out on a bunch of these movies. So having it's almost like uh, introducing Ansel to a bunch of these movies for the first time. Very much, you know. Uh, but BJ is a lot more eloquent and learned than I am <laughs> in talking about these movies. <laughs> so it's almost like there's this academic uh, renaissance of looking at these teen movies because they had substance before. We just didn't really notice them. We just overlooked all of them. So if you've never seen Thirteen Going on Thirty. Like Ansel previously to this, yep. Uh, you may turn to our good friends at IMDb, and they'll tell you uh, a girl makes a wish on her thirteenth birthday and wakes up the next day as a thirty-year-old woman. Uh, I feel like that's uh, skipping a bunch. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's that's a very nice log line, but nice elevator pitch. <laughs> but we're uh, we need a little more IMDb. Now the the conversation that I had with my wife that I think is a good jumping-off point is okay. that this sounds a lot like Big on the face of it. Sure. Yeah. But what makes it a time travel film is that unlike Big, and we talked about this prior, is that uh, unlike Bastion? Baskin? I haven't seen Big in a million unlike years. Unlike Tom Hanks. Yes. Um, yes, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Unlike Tom Hanks, who just becomes an adult at the exact same moment and has to deal with all of that without any background... We are jumping forward in time, thus making a time travel movie. It counts, um, damn it. It counts. It does. Uh, we're jumping forward in time to when Jenna is 30, and then jumping back, spoilers, to when she's 13. Uh, so uh, it is distinct in that way. But I think that there's a lot of interesting comparison to be made between this movie and Big because of those parallels. Uh, because it is essentially a child uh being inaugurated into adulthood without any of the requisite preparation it is also um, a beloved actor getting to play a child so sure let's, that's that's let's what, acknowledge yes, that, that is that is wonderful and i mean uh jennifer garner has this great grasp on childlike wonder you know like so few people can pull that off like obviously tom hanks did but like how many people of Jennifer Garner's generation do you think could do that well? She is she is very very good at comedy yes. and I think sometimes uh underrated is more like I mean I feel like I associate her with um what was it Alias 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I very yeah. much associate her with being sort of like a more actiony person. And yes, let's be honest, Jennifer Garner has a hot bod. So like, let's put her in some in some form fitting assassiny type gear and let her be an action star. Oh, but yeah. when she gets to do comedy, yep. she really, really shines. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other Jennifer Garner movies where she's like excellent at being funny. Because there's so many. I mean, she was in Juno, but she's not exactly... She's definitely more of a straight man in Juno yes. as far as her. But it, it does take comedic chops, I think, to be a straight man. Yeah, I are mean, you, like... Are you trolling her IMDb? Yeah, the first movie that came to mind for me was Catch and Release. Uh, just because Kevin Smith was in it, too. But so is Timothy Oliphant. Oh, uh, sexual icon Timothy Oliphant. Right. <laughs> How was your first not thought not Daredevil? Well, I or mean, Electra. comedies. Oh, uh, well, I guess Electra kind of is a comedy. I, I mean, have not seen either of those movies, and I've not seen them on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you, will be honest. I love the Dare, the Daredevil movie uh, without any irony or uh, Affleck's ad, Daredevil adverse. is so much better when you watch the director's cut. Oh, oh I see, I see. But I've, I've never seen either of those, and part of it is because I heard they were bad. Another part of it was that I didn't really know I was into, like, superheroes back then as much as I am now. Sure. I had, ve- I had I was very specific. I was like, I like the X-Men, and I like Batman, and that's it. There's so many movies where Jennifer Garner just plays the Jennifer mom. Garner? <laughs> you know, like, she's... Yeah, yeah. She's that mom in a lot of... No! The first thing that I saw Jennifer Garner in was Dude, Where's My Car? Dude, where's your car? Where's your car, dude? Dude, wow. where's your car? Where's dude, your car, you got dude? a tattoo. Whoa, so did you, dude. What does mine say? Dude, <laughs> you got a tattoo. I mean, Sweet, what does mine say? The first thing I would have seen her in would have been Alias. And I, you know, because it was definitely of, it was definitely the Buffy generation. Uh, Alias was uh, like Dark Angel feet Jessica Alba. Sure. Uh, it was a, a grab at the sort of like, oh, Yes, teens are watching action movies with women as the stars. Let's put more of these on television. Um, so I definitely knew her from Alias and was very familiar with her as the the sort of Buffy analogs, pretty yet strong mm-hmm. physically and with like special powers and stuff like that. But this, I think, was 13 Going on 30 was the first time I saw her as funny. It's very charming. She does it in a way that, and I, I did say this before we started recording, that... Uh, Tom Hanks in Big kind of freaks me out because he is literally a child the next day. Right. Whereas the time travel element allows Jenna to uh, technically fully develop physically, mentally, emotionally before her 13-year-old self gets the flash-forward experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know... uh... I'm trying to remember big because it's been a while since I've seen it. But I like, don't like it. <laughs> you, you don't like it? I don't like Tom Hanks. You don't like Tom Hanks? Whoa! I'm so sorry. I'm so wow. sorry. In the whole I know, country. I know. I apologize, and this does not mean I don't like Tom Hanks. You're entitled. I don't mean... Like, Tom Hanks as a person seems wonderful and warm, and he has forgiven that jackass son, Chet Hayes of his, so many times. Chet Hanks, I guess, at this point. He used to be Chet Hayes. Um, another uh, person I that I hate. Think about this drama. Well, you don't know about Chet Hayes. I you know his other son, Colin. So. Well, yes. I mean, Colin <laughs> Hanks is a s- amazing actor. Uh, Chet Hanks is his younger brother. 
um, a Northwestern alum who was there at the same time as my sister. Another story that involves oh. my sister. First of all, Chet was a total fucking dick to my sister. Um, I know. Like, would pretend like he didn't know her. And she's like, you're in the same fucking frat as my boyfriend. We've hung out so many times. I can't even. But he also is the one who does, like, fake Jamaican accents oh, and, like, shit like that. Like, he try he talks like he's, like, some, like, he's, like, Ross Trent from the Lonely Island. Like, that kind of thing. And then he made this song, I guess, because he's also kind of a rapper, but then he also released, like, acting classes. <laughs> I know, I know. It's crazy. I'm so shocked that Tom hasn't disowned him yet. My my good friend Tom, who I know, first name basis, <laughs> but I don't like him. <laughs> no, he did this video called White Boy Summer. Oh. And the whole video, the whole video is him. There's no choreography. I feel like he literally just had women with large butts like say twerk in my face and like slap my face with your ass cheeks because that's the whole video it's like a bad tiktok the whole video and he's like <laughs> a f like affecting uh aave and like just like bad bad stuff and i'm just like this is no dude but tom hanks still hasn't disowned him so that but that's not why i just like tom hanks i just i get that he's an everyman I think that there are much better everymen for every single role that he's ever played. Interesting. Huh. Sorry. I think he's, he I, seems like a real stand-up guy. He's very liberal. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a staunch Democrat and very, uh, seems like a very positive, sunny person, personality-wise. Mm -hmm. I just have never seen him any, in anything where I'm like, that's the exact right guy for this role. The man with one red shoe. I was going to say I mean, uh, that. that thing you do. Oh, that thing you do. He's amazing. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else who could pull off that thing you do the way he did. Sounds like we it's need to have a Tom Hanks movie marathon. Fine. Oh, okay. So you <laughs> wow. I mean, I've seen his movies, and they're not bad movies, but I yeah. just... I mean, some of them I don't like because, like I said, Big made me very uncomfortable. I was like, Which is an interesting... That's an interesting When read. did you see Big for the first time? When I was an adult. Mm. Me too. And I was like, he's a child. Why is he having sex? But that's oh, again, definitely that's again that. why like with Jenna, it's yeah. different because she is technically an adult. Sure. It's just that the 13 year old version is getting is the driving. flash forward. Yeah. 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 You know, I had a very similar moment in 13 going on 30 where uh, Jenna drinks alcohol for the first time. And oh, I'm yeah. like, she's really acclimating to alcohol culture really quickly. Is this a problem? Well, I mean, her... Uh, does my second white claw answer your question? <laughs> I, her, Actually, this is my first white claw. body has acclimated. Though. Sure. Yes. Like, there's, I think that's an important difference between the two. And that's really interesting that you brought it up. Because Jenna has an opportunity to have sex and immediately does not. Right. Yeah. Like, and if you think about it. I mean, I don't know when everyone here started drinking, but I, I, I did not, I did not dr really drink or anything in high school and, or, or like junior high, high school. Um, but I do know people who did. Uh -huh. And, uh, so being like having your first sip of alcohol and then being like, woo, this is great. Like to me, that is an experience that somebody might have at 13 where you're like, this is fun, and then be like, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore, you know? Like, that's definitely something that is available. Not necessarily that you should do it at no, 13. Sure, yes. Like I said, I did not. I but... think there's an important distinction there, though, because when you're 13 and you're having your first drink of alcohol, everyone in the room knows you're 13. That's very true. And either your friends are there, and they're gonna 
be shitty about it. Or, and they're also 13, so everyone is equally inexperienced. Right, but any adult who runs into you knows that you need to be cared for now. Yes, yes. Whereas Jenna, as a 30-year-old kicking back pina coladas... No one knows she needs to be cared for. No, no, that's she's she's in a lot of trouble. And I also I love the pina colada. Like, of course, of course, that's what you drink. Of course, that's what you drink. Not virgin. Not virgin. My first intentional cocktail was a pina colada as well. I don't like coconut. You're learning many things about uh, what I don't like. I had no idea what it was going to be. Mine was a Seven Up and gin. Okay, like cocktail. I don't remember. Well, I mean, cocktail was mixed drink. You know, but I was 25 Aww, on my honeymoon Aww, before I had my first cocktail. Was that on purpose? Were you just a teetotaler? Yeah. So I grew up Baha'i. Oh, really? Oh, and, that's very yeah. cool. And so my, my parents, my folks are still Baha'i. Uh, and in college, I sort of like started falling out of love with it. Like if I was still religious, it would absolutely be the religion mm-hmm. I would go for. But like, I'm just not. I just yeah. never had that connection. I didn't know Baha'i didn't drink. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's one of the tenets of the faith is that there's there's no alcohol. And so, like, I sort of, like, went back and forth for a long time. And then eventually, you know, we got married. We went on our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And I was I was finally like, yep, this, fuck this. I'm, yeah, yeah, uh, for I'm sure. I'm going to try it. For sure. I'm a, I'm a grown-ass adult. And uh, <laughs> I'm at this resort. All you can all you can eat, all you can drink resort. I'm, I'm doing beautiful, it. Money's beautiful. worth. Yeah, yeah. right? I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to go anywhere. My room is right there. Yeah. I did. Swim up bar. Pina colada. <laughs> that was my first Ooh. cocktail. But again, it's a very safe environment. Yeah, like exactly. The person you're with knows that it's your first time drinking. Yeah. No, Or like your first time with a cocktail knows that like, you know that you're in a controlled environment where you can go up to your room at the end of the night mm-hmm. and nothing bad is yeah. going to happen. Tom Tom you know? didn't do that for Jenna. No. No, she did not. Like she's Tom supposed Tom to be her friend. So, quote unquote, quote unquote friend. does Tom Tom know what friends are? I doubt no. it. I Tom mean, Tom has never had a friend. Yeah. Not a real one. I'm convinced that the six Tom. chicks were were very loosely friends. They just wanted to get Tom Tom's popularity, right? Which yes. Jenna wanted also. One, yeah, she was yeah, the she was, she the was the lead them. mean girl in the, the in the in the in the ch- in the childhood times. I do have a draft of an essay that I keep coming back to called The Enduring Appeal of the Mean Girl because I really, I, I don't, the essay hasn't been published or anything because I don't know what the thesis statement in, be, is. Because why? Why are these girls still so appealing? Like, when we watch this movie, even though Tom Tom is a fucking bitch in the beginning, you're still like, but yeah, I would kind of want to be her if I were 13. Like, I would be so honored if she came to my party. Oh, that's so interesting because I have never had that response to the Mean Girl. Really? Yeah. I wanted I wanted to be. I was I was on the edge of the Mean Girl group. Mm. And so I was all I felt like I was always trying to like ingratiate myself to them and being so uncomfortable in the way that Jenna is in the first scene. Like I I have been to those parties. You know, I, I was never, I was never personally subject to the, that kind of bullying sure. to that extent, but was definitely at parties where I was like, I am in way over my head. Like somebody is getting fingered behind that recliner right now. And I don't understand. And that person is drinking a beer and I don't, what is a beer? It smells horrible. In grade school, I was definitely the uncoolest cool person, you know, like I was yeah, at yeah, the I very bottom of the yeah, dog yeah. pole. 
Like, I got invited to the cool kid parties, but, like, when we'd play Spin the Bottle, I'd always get the barrel rolled on me. I was definitely uh, adjacent to those people. Yeah. And then in high school, finally, I, like, found my own crowd. And, like, I was, you know, cool to the people that mattered. Was your high school big? Uh, so... I was going to bring this up earlier, but I went to an all-boys Catholic high school. Oh, snap, snap, snap. Really? Yeah, we did not have a huge class. Uh, Obviously. I was the only Asian person in our class. Did you have any other people of color? Yes, we had... um, Oh, Catholic? Did you have Latino people? Yes. Okay, I assume, yeah. Yeah, Uh, so I hung out with some of them. Yeah, yeah. Three of them were related. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, but... um, I, I don't think we had a black student. That's what, yeah. Right, right off the bat. I think it wasn't until sophomore year that we had uh, another Asian student or. Uh, Jesus a, a, Christ. Yeah, so. Well. The, even though I grew up in Philadelphia, which is a very diverse place, uh, not the you, place that I. You found I grew- a way to bubble. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, when we were talking about nicknames earlier, my nickname in high school. Uh, oh, God. If any of my friends from high school listen to this, they're going to be like, you fucking dork. Um, one of my nicknames was the Asian Sensation. <laughs> it was on the back of my shirt for student council. Also, look, I, <laughs> wow. I I appreciate the Asian pride, but it takes on a different color when you're the, when only, you're the only one, one. there. <sighs> yeah. You should have been in Skokie. We had so <laughs> many Filipinos. When I would visit my cousins in Streamwood, uh, that was when I really got a bunch of Filipino interaction. Nice, you know. Like, there were Filipinos in Jersey. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There were Filipinos in South Philly. Like, there were... Well, yeah, Philadelphia, I mean, is like such a... It does seem like such a diverse city. Yeah, it was just, just like... In the Northeast, where I grew up, there was, like, none of that at the time. Now there's a lot more of an Asian population uh, in the Northeast, uh, which is nice. But growing up, I didn't really have that. I was the only one. It was... Uh, it's, bet that was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I bet that was great. <laughs> but that was super fun. Yeah, like the bullying that ensued pre-eighth grade when I really got in with those, you know, mean girl type people. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost insufferable. And even when I was one of the cool kids, like, there would always be someone who would still try to bully. And I remember we were playing football one day and the the one kid who was trying to bully me Threw the football right at my face. The so, shit? What the shit? I was in pain. What is wrong with children? But I looked so at much. him and I charged and I jumped <laughs> and then I Luthes pressed him and started punching him in the face. <laughs> oh shit. Everyone was laughing and he was crying. Good. And I was just like, fuck you, Good. dude. Sometimes and, bullies need to be made to cry. Yeah. And like <laughs> our friends the next day at school were just like, yeah, Ben made you cry. And I'm just, like, the most laid-back, relaxed, like, I'm gonna hang out with everybody type dude. Then there's this guy being an asshole, and... Thanks for that. I I, I try not to get physical a lot, you know? Like, that wasn't really my MO. But sometimes bullies drive you past that point, right? Yeah, And I feel like Jenna would have slapped the shit out of TomTom, you know, back in the day if she wasn't trying to actually... I don't know, man. I mean, physical violence is so, uh, like... Girls, girls go much more for the emotional violence. Oh yeah, they'll so, destroy you mentally, yeah. me- mentally, physically, <laughs> emotionally. They'll like, they'll like. I mean, like again, look at Mean Girls, another movie from this very same time sure. period, where they're like, oh, we're gonna give this mean girl a 
foot foot cream for her face that there is this idea that you that the mean girl is somebody to be defeated right and i just defeated or befriended and like like befriended to the point where you are capitulating to them right because if jenna joins tom tom's army like she wants to when she's 13 that she becomes a a totally different person but she's also completely subject to whatever lead mean girl wants it's very complicated. Sure, yeah. I, I know. I know. Teenage boys have problems too, but it's very complicated being a teenage girl. Yeah. Uh, how would you say that, like, uh, depictions like Clueless factor into that? I was. What's interesting to me specifically about Clueless is that when I watched it for the first time, I understood that it was a satire, even though I was quite young. Um. But I also really appreciate something like Clueless where, yes, Cher has a lot of money and she has a lot of privilege, but her true instinct is about bringing people together and doing nice things for other people. So specifically Clueless, I'm like, I think that's actually a really good example that there is, Amber gives a little toxic femininity, but... uh, Which Amber always gets put in her place by Cher or Dion. Exactly, exactly. She does. And it's very clear that what she is doing is silly yes um i i and i don't i think i think 13 going on 30 is the same where it is the the mean girls are the ones who are being ridiculed i mean you don't hire somebody like judy greer to portray a character i mean i'm sure she could do it because she has the nuance but you don't necessarily hire someone with her comedic chops to play a character that is completely grounded you know you don't rely on her to play somebody who is uh uh I mean, I wouldn't say that she's not kind, but you don't play her, you don't hire her to play somebody who isn't going to have some sort of uh, real moral arc. Right. Not, again, not to discount Judy Greer's talent. Mm-hmm. However, I, that's just, I don't think, I think what she gets cast as. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think she could do it if every, if anybody ever wanted to mm-hmm. give her that, but she's great at playing the Cheryl Carols of the world right. where the, the context is sort of stupidity and vapidity with uh, a little bit of a mean slash rich girl edge to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I say that I want Jenna to slap the shit out of Tom Tom, I think I more so mean like, Oh, Jenna accidentally bumps into Tom Tom and her face goes into the cake. Like Yes, I, yes. I would much rather see Tom Tom do something that gets herself fucked up. Ding ding ding. I waited the whole movie for that to happen. That presentation wasn't uh, her fucking up. Nah, I mean, it's not it's enough. enough. Uh, yeah. I, uh, we needed her to fall into a cake. We needed sure. like a pile of poo. We needed a bit tan. <laughs> Yes, yes, some sort manure. of some sort of public embarrassment sure. to fully yeah. give her redemption. Which I mean, I granted, we did get, we did get yeah, that yeah. in her like professional arc. Uh, but for the like the level of comedy that this was, we could absolutely have gotten Jenna falls into some cake or gets very sick on a amusement park ride or you know whatever yeah yeah whatever the uh when we're talking about drinking gets too drunk at that thriller dance party and yes. barfs everywhere like right. that would be mm-hmm. a nice a, just something a little bit more embarrassing right so we've talked a lot about turns out jenna her. and tom tom but are we gonna talk about the ruffles exactly we gotta talk about maddie talk about ruffles. yeah ruffles now, have ridges maddie who was me 
we we talked about uh, in high school how like you you were adjacent to the cool girls. Yeah, yeah. I never thought the cool girls were cool. I was probably like the Brie Larson who does child Brie Larson does make an appearance as one of the six. That's right. She yeah. Does. Mm. Yes. Um. So I was probably that one, like the one on the side, the Karen mm. Smith of the group, sure. for, for example. But I feel like I'm sitting with two mats, two Matties. I definitely uh, commiserated with Matt. Of you course. Know, like. I would try to do that like romantic gesture of, hey, I made you a dollhouse that you always wanted. I never made a dollhouse, but I did other things. Uh, oh, my God. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I do know why I'm talking about this. Because, because I really need to know what the other things you did, though, were. So you've seen Say Anything, right? Yes, of course. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. The, the worst part about it is the girl that I did it for didn't see the movie, so she didn't get she the She had reference. no idea what was going on. <laughs> oh, no. Was it so she was just confused. Was, did you play it uh, in your eyes or a different I song? Actually, so a song that she and I had shared at the time was Tiny Dancer. Okay, similar uh, vibe, but yes. So I actually went with, uh, you know, your song by Elton John Aww. since it was, you know, adjacent. Yes. One Rouge was popular at the time also, and... I thought she'd get it. She didn't. <laughs> That's very upsetting. <laughs> it was... And uh... embarrassing for her, honestly. <laughs> really? Like, she needs to get on her pop culture. Come on. It's true. I mean, she could not have kept up with you. No, that's true. It's hard. It's really hard. Sometimes you say things, and I'm like, that sounds cool. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, I watched a lot of things that I was probably too young to be watching. Go for you. Know, you. Like it, I, I mean, my first girlfriend and I totally on the same wavelength with this stuff because we, we were. I, I like to joke that we were hipsters before hipsters were a thing because we would ride our that bikes. Is, every whoa, that is thing the to most. Say. I was gonna say that is the it most is hipster the most possible hipster thing. thing you could say. Right. <laughs> because we would ride our bikes everywhere. We'd talk about movies and TV shows and music that no one was talking about. And like I'm we punch you. We ordered latte <laughs> in a very specific manner. But it's just like in our neighborhood no one yeah. else was talking about Rocky Horror. Microbrews. Like we went to go see Riding Shocking. Cars with Boys on a date. Fascinating. Like, and people weren't doing that. No, like, because they were busy, I don't know, like, this is a few years after, but they were busy uh, idolizing jackass. It's great to have this, like, confident nerddom in yourself when you're that young, you know? Absolutely. And, and I think Maddie had that, too, where he didn't really give a shit what Tom Tom and her friends thought. He was just going to do his own thing. Uh, and Maddie was aware that they were bullshit. Exactly. Like, he even says... I haven't trusted Tom Tom since that time uh, in the third grade when she stole my candy or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's probably razzles. Probably razzles. Dude loves razzles. No matter how much he tries to resist them. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I got to that point in in grade school to high school where I was just like, I'm gonna be what I'm what I am, you know? Because like being the only Asian kid around. I had no choice but to be what I was and embrace it, you know, and to have this confident dork mentality, which is president, which is present in Maddie and in Mei Lin in Turning Red was something that I related to. But also that stuff comes with their own set of problems. Being being a female identifying person, of course, immediately I identify with Jenna sure. and the the sort of like mean girl. Well, like I said, I'm Brie Larson in this situation. <laughs> um, who knows where she is right now? Um, in, the, in, in the future. Oh, 
her uh, character. Yeah. Brie Larson yeah. herself is no, working Brie, out. Yeah, Brie Larson Marvel. herself is probably <laughs> currently asleep so that she can wake up at 4 a.m. and start working out. Um, but it's it's just very interesting because I never really consider, like, I just, I don't consider the sort of a more emotional arc of Maddie in that sort of way. And it's very cool to hear that the uh, the thing that you guys take away from him is that he was unabashed in his sort of nerdery yep. and that he never deviated from that. Whereas I feel like there are other movies of a similar type, uh, like rom-com style uh, teen movies, where there is a very sort of toxic nice guy right. um, that Maddie could easily fall into the toxic nice guy stereotype, mm-hmm. but he doesn't at all. He could easily be ducky. And he's oh not. Oh my god, yes, he could easily be Ducky. Yeah, you know, like, before I really comprehended what Ducky was, I was like, oh, I'm totally Ducky. And then eventually when I got older, I was like, no, you don't want to be Ducky. Well, uh, yeah. It's like Xander from Buffy. Oh god, I yeah, was just talking about this yesterday! Oh my god, I was just talking about Xander from Buffy yesterday. <laughs> but it, it is it is that same thing of, like, there is a nice guy, and it's very refreshing in this movie, and I think what makes it stand out among other movies of its genre, not time travel genre, sure. but uh, sort of teen slash rom-com genre, that he is not as quintessentially toxic as some of right. those other types of characters. Yeah, it's funny how the title of Nice Guy has come to mean like a derogatory thing. Like, capital N, capital G, Nice exactly. Guy. Exactly. People yeah. ruined it, you know, because I remember... They ruined it! <laughs> I remember when capital N, capital G, Nice Guy was this thing that uh, Wong Fu Productions was always talking about on their YouTube channel, you know, about this nice guy who was always kind of getting shit on and was trying to you know, be friends with everybody and had this crush on this girl and it would always be unrequited and things like that. But then nice guy evolved into being this like incel. Yes. Hundred percent. Yes. And it, 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 I think they weaponized the nice guy image. Yes. There is a there is a well, there is a trajectory from nice guy to incel that we mm-hmm. we've gone there are many steps right. in between nice guy and incel that psychologically the internet seems to have gone right. through I think including also, men's rights activists that's oh, in that's in there which, on on the line you know? jesus christ oh uh, god but that along with the the recent re-examination of the um the friend zone concept ah uh, yes you know? yes and how the, how problematic that is when you really like look back on it a nice guy Nice guy and friend zone are related concepts right. at the very least. They I think are is part of why it's icky. And and Ruffles could very easily fall into that category Absolutely. in this movie, but they he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't remember I think it's because Ruffles lear- Ruffles learns. Like the thing that we see immediately when when we meet older Maddie is that when this happened to him, like he learned from Jenna when she fucked him over in fourth grade or whatever it was. And he learned from Jenna, in, or he learned from Tom Tom when she f- fucked him over in fourth grade. And he learned from from Jenna at at her thirteenth birthday. He was like, "Well, okay, that's who you are. Peace." Yeah, and, I can recognize these toxic people in my life, and, and I can just say, "Hey, nah." Yeah, which is so much healthier. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a very admirable Ruffles, quality. Ruffles did not hold a torch for Jenna. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Even though he, he was did. done with her. Even though when he came, when she came back into his life, it kind of reignited that flame. But she bit. had to convince but him. She did. It did take a lot. Like, 
the the she she runs that home you know yes like, yes she was very he was very much like nah i'm i'm out of this i'm yes. actively getting married this weekend. I am actively getting married. I hate it when I passively get married, but I am actively getting married this weekend. Well, there's a difference between like, well, this is my fiance, and we'll get married eventually, and this is yes, my fiance. Yes, no, we are. This, this is imminent. Is, this yeah. is like this tomorrow. Is a month from now. Yeah, yeah. The flowers are coming in. So Maddie and Jenna have this ongoing joke of arrivederci, au revoir. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have that with a with a friend of the opposite gender uh, when you were younger? Like a like a like, like a, a see you later alligator code? sort of deal. Sure, yeah. Do I dare speak of my first crush? Ooh. Well, no, not my first crush. My first crush was the uh, the person with the spin the bottle and then you kiss. Um, and then, actually, I think it might have been Truth or Dare, and somebody said, I dare you to kiss Jesse. And uh, I got made fun of because I closed my eyes when we kissed, and I was like, Aren't, isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> I don't understand. That's also That was also the first night I saw porn. Not video porn, but magazine porn we oh, had okay. my my friends pl- like, my live friend- action porn yeah, no, I was no, no, no. I was like, my, my friends what? my my friends dad's playboys mm. and the first night i saw rocky horror eventful eventful evening wow you did a lot you did a lot i did a lot that night yeah. i did a lot that night kiss my crush rocky horror wow. looked at some porn spin the bottle yeah it was great um that was much closer to the top than i thought i'm not used to sippy cups I want to see my wine. I, I I usually get to see my wine and say it has legs, but I don't think that that is uh, uh, going to happen in this glass. Um, it's got ankles. I did have uh, uh, my very first like real crush in high school. Uh, would this is so embarrassing? <laughs> would uh, like flirt with me using uh, like references to fantasy books, specifically Dragonlance and Wheel of Time. Fuck yeah. Um, where, uh, you know, he, uh, we, we were both reading Wheel of Time at the same time, and I absolutely adored him. And, uh, he was on the first episode of the new uh, Padma Lakshmi Taste the Nation because now he is a rabbi oh. um, at <laughs> one of the like biggest synagogues in New York City. <laughs> wow. Um, yes, I haven't watched this episode yet because I'm going to suffer from so much embarrassment. <laughs> and I know that Dave, my husband, will see this man and never stop making fun of me. <laughs> and I'm just like, I might have to watch this by myself because I don't think I can live down how much I was in love with him when I was 13 years old. Um, but he would be like, I'd be like, I, you know, we're just talking about Wheel of Time and it's so deep and everything. And I just, I love Elaine Trickhand. And he'd be like, well, then just call me Randall Thor. And uh, so there was that kind of, that kind, that kind so of So did you call hand. each other by, by your Wheel of Time name? For, for a little bit until I got an actual boyfriend who wasn't too Jewish to date me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a very real thing that will happen. It is a very real thing that will happen. But no, I, I, I've always pretty much been Nicole. The closest has been the closest real nickname that stuck is Minnie, which is just my blessed name. So yeah. it's not even a nickname. It's just that's that's a name you gave yourself that people call you respectfully. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I mentioned my first girlfriend, uh, who with me was very hipstery. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, hipsters before you, hipsters were a thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You were hipsters before it was cool. Right. <laughs> so she had a friend and she, the friend and I stayed friends after the breakup. And like, I felt weird about like acting on anything because like they were friends and then there was one point where she was just like, I love you like a brother. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I love you like a brother is a real, yeah, that's a real one. sign. Exactly. So like we would talk on the phone all the time because by this point, by high school, she had moved to the suburbs and I, uh, and I was still in the city, too, yeah. you know, but, but I always made fun of her about uh, living in the country horses and farms and barns and stuff even though you know this was only half an hour outside of philadelphia so you must have a barn do you have a grain silo because i feel like half hour outside the city is grain silo this, territory this is literally the type of stuff i would say to her all the time um and we used to have a greeting like uh like maddie and jenna where you know i'd say tc and she'd say what's C. And oh, that's like, cute. It was very cute. It wasn't cute when I found out that she liked me back. Oh. Uh, 12 years later when you were... Oh, it, it was much sooner than that because uh. it all came to a head when I found out that she was catfishing me. <gasps> because I didn't want... We had already established that I didn't want to like make a move because... She was friends with my ex. And, yes, know, the audience can't our... see my face, but it just <laughs> went through so many emotions. Okay. Yeah, so uh, before catfishing was really a thing, she was going to introduce me to her friend via instant messenger because she thought that she uh, that her friend and I would get along and we'd hit it off. And instead of talking to her friend, I was actually talking to her. I knew that's where it was going and I'm so upset. <laughs> that's crazy. Why would you? I don't... I don't understand why you would do that. If she intuited that you liked her, if she knew that you liked her, why not just be herself? I mean, after the whole, oh, brother, sister conversation, it was kind of hard to like go go back, you know? It's not hard to go back, girl. I know that now. (laughs) Like, I mean, because she said that, I also said something similar and I'm like, okay, fine, you know? But I yeah, yeah, okay. I, yes, I get that. I get that. Of like, yeah. if you say something bad, like she was testing the waters. But this is the thing: uh, teenage uh, boys aren't very perceptive. No, no. And if no. you're a girl who likes men at all, um, when you're a teenager, the um, the communication is usually like somebody testing the waters, yep. and the other person saying something that like is. Uh, Oh no, I I love you like a brother and is supposed to be the opening for you to be like, that's not how I feel, but that's what we as women have been trained to do is not be active participants in yeah. our own love life. It's It was wild. And like, I ended up going to one of her proms with her. Aww. Uh, but I had two dates to that prom because I... Took her bang, 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 and she literally, literally on in my was playing in my Uber on the way over here. So <laughs> amazing, yeah. And you were being catfished, man. I know that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild. <laughs> I don't know why we never actually hooked up, but I mean that story probably tells I'm you guessing exactly that, why. Yeah, that feels like like what's fascinating to me about. 13 going on 30 is that all of these people are still in each other's lives. Yeah. Where it is the sort of thing where it's like... Jenna and Tom Tom are the only two that are still in each other's lives. Well, I mean, I guess technically Matt makes an appeal. Like, he's still still close enough 
Yeah, that he's he adjacent can, enough, he, like, in, yeah, industry-wise, I think. Uh, maybe industry, but they're, like... Well, they're no, still, he they're still do, friends. He doesn't but, do anything in their, in their industry until she calls him in. But he's still there. He's still in New York. He's a borough over. He's like, not far. He's, That's fair. He's in New York. He's way. He's in the same environment. Yeah. That there are a lot of people where if you tried to go and reconnect with those people, that it would be uh, very, very difficult to get in touch with them or be. And I wonder if that's more because they were coming of age in the late 80s uh-huh. and not uh, post-internet. Is that true for you, though? Hmm. I just feel like growing up in Skokie, so many people like gravitationally would just fall back into the psych into the and, circle of and Chicago. As as we know, the Midwest, I mean, Chicago is the biggest small town there ever was. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot of people here. It's a gravity well. Yeah. But it is it is the question of if you were to be if you were suddenly thrust into the future. Would you would you have those same people in your life? Would you try to go back to those same people? Would you is is there a moment that should you be thrust into the future through magical wishing powder and dream house means? Would you would you try to find those people? If 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 that had happened to me, if I thirteen year old me had been thrown forward to thirty year old me and had to find my best friends. It would have been a very difficult road trip. You know, a lot of my really close friends from the time are still really close, but I don't live in Philadelphia anymore. So, like, it's almost like out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to stay in touch with them. Like, you know, I'll greet them on holidays, whenever I'm home. You vis- like, I was going to say, do you visit them when you yeah, go home? I'll be yeah. like, hey, I'm home if you want to hang out. You know, and I mean, the pandemic's made it harder because... Of, be, yeah. you know, are most of them still in the Jersey, Philly, New York area? Yes. Yeah, uh, the majority of them are. Again, because that area has its own gravity. Yeah. yeah similar yeah. to the Chicago, Milwaukee. Yeah. Midwest Metroplex. Midwest. Yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I... Lewis, I guess, would be the other one? Sort of, yeah. I, I definitely, I mean, like I said, if it was 13-year-old me, I definitely, there's people that I'm not friends with anymore because of reasons like because of like bitchy like sure. teenage mm-hmm. reasons um but i think that if i was suddenly thrust into my but again it is assuming that like jenna your timetable begins like your future begins at the moment that you time travel forward mm-hmm. so you time travel forward starting from this moment if this moment happens and you continue exactly on that trajectory then what happens to you Mm-hmm. So I would say that, yeah, if, if 13-year-old me is thrust forward to the trajectory of 30-year-old me, I think that I do have, like, yeah, enough people that are still friends of mine, for real, that I'd be like, hey, yeah, I can find you. And, you know, also we have Facebook. We have Facebook true. now. Now yeah. we have Facebook. We have yeah, the whole thir- Facebook, IG, like any mm-hmm. LinkedIn this is this is aught four. We didn't have any of that. We had the internet, right. but we didn't have any of that shit yet. Yeah, we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember what websites we would have been on at that. Live was... Journal. No. Well, yeah, Live uh, Journal. Four? Yeah, Live Journal for sure. MySpace was just starting. MySpace was just. Starting. I had a MySpace. I never really, but I was full Live Journal. Obviously, mm-hmm. the nerd Same. space. I had a lot. I, I was also on Live Journal. 
What would be funny is if we were all friends on Live Journal and didn't know oh my it. God. I was friends with somebody in the burlesque scene on Live Journal. No way. Yeah. That's wild. Isn't that great. wild? That's great. That's yeah. so crazy. And she was like, wait a minute. I because I used my I used my uh young my youth screen name for all of our current like Zoom cast, whatever uh-huh. our like new instant messenger apps are, which is Dragonfire24601. And she was like, wait a minute. I knew somebody on Live Journal with that name. I was oh like, my god! It was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Isn't that? I love that. But those would have been our websites at the time. Yeah, no, thirteen-year-old me trying to trying to touch base with somebody at thirty-year-old me would be fucked. Absolutely fucked. It, it's it. It really is touching on that time travel element of what. What happens if your consciousness is just thrust forward? Because there are, like we've said, there are some time travel movies where it is not your consciousness. It's just you as you are now thrust forward or backward in time. But this is very much your consciousness as it is now forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that element um, brings an interesting layer to the movie uh, because... The note that I wrote down was something that a lot of people forget when they grow up is remembering what it's like to be a kid. The fun, laughter, and silliness. And I think Jenna really tries to bring that into her rebranding of poise. You know, and I think Mm -hmm. that this movie is a great reminder that a lot of people do forget about these things. Because, like, as a film critic, I try to look at a movie by the way I'm experiencing it and how the demographic is supposed to experience it. When a lot of critics are just like, no, this movie's crap. Like, I didn't relate to this movie at all because I'm not a 13-year-old Canadian-American or a Chinese-Canadian who loves boy bands. Um, Yes, I'm calling this out for a specific critic that everyone has been piling on for the past week about turning red, but I'm not going to bring that up now because he doesn't (laughs) deserve the airtime. I'll be um, interested to know who this is because I love to talk shit, but I also uh, very much appreciate that you as a critic are, who is the audience? Like, yeah. who am I? What is my reaction? But who is the audience? Right. It's like there are a lot of theater critics who will be like, well, so I hate Shakespeare, yeah. so let me review this production of Romeo and exactly. Juliet. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, you're gonna hate first, it. You're first gonna off, hate it. this wasn't for you. Yeah, exactly. you're gonna hate it. Not everything ever made is for you, straight white guy. Well, like, okay. but, that I also, mean... but that also isn't a reason that you shouldn't enjoy it. Like, that you shouldn't find yep. some... There are, there are. You should enjoy it more. I would argue. Yes, the yes. empathy that it creates by showing you a specific experience should make you enjoy it or relate to it or see something in it that is valuable for the people it's meant to be valuable for. You know, like it meant a lot to me personally to see Ned Leeds in Spider-Man: No Way Home mm-hmm. speak to his grandmother in Tagalog with no subtitles. <gasps> they did no I haven't seen this movie yet, but they did Spoiler, no subtitles. No that's subtitles. amazing. Yeah, that's great. So you get uh name redacted since you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> uh okay. you get this character talking to Ned's grandma and she's responding in Tagalog. That's amazing. And, like that never happens in mainstream movies because the mainstream of Hollywood tends to forget the Filipinos are a thing. Mm-hmm. 
until someone reminds them of it. Well, if you would like to go back in time and attend high school with me, um, <laughs> you would be very popular, first of all. But also, like, everyone speaks Tagalog at Niles North. I mean, I don't personally, but I, I know enough that, like, my friends would be on the phone and be like, Tagalog, 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 Skokie Boulevard, Tagalog, 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 <laughs> Gross Point Road, like, Old Orchard Mall. Uh, so beautiful. And I love that that's – it's – it's just very interesting to me as somebody who was in a school with a, a lot of people from various Asian countries of all stripes that yeah. like is n- it, it's it's not as common for a lot of people. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think back to what I would be like if I were put into that environment, like if I went to high school in Streamwood or in in San Diego as or in Skokie to... with me, we would have been friends. Exactly. I, gar- I guarantee yeah, you, because we, we been both would have done theater. <laughs> We would have been friends. I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes at my past self. But, like, I just think of those, what I would do in those situations, and I feel like I would be overwhelmed by getting what I wanted. You know, like, just to be around people of, not even of, like, like mind, but just, like, of the same background, I guess. So, like, yeah. they would get what I was going through, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's why this fucking movie review made me so mad. Because... I've had critics throughout my career be like, I don't relate to this thing because I don't see myself in it. And I'm like, bro, welcome to my life for the last 20 years. Like, I don't look like Ferris Bueller, but I love and relate the things that he does. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not about what they are literally. It's what they can represent. Which I don't, I, I don't understand why people can't wrap their minds around that. Because some people just fail at empathy, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's kind of what Jenna was trying to bring to light in her redesign. Lucy clearly uh, was far off base. Uh, cause of death, chicness. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 so so much drama, and yes, it is. It is the uh, there is the sort of love and light that happens when you are a tween that hasn't been jaded yet that Jenna brings to the magazine. And I think that that is why it's so successful because it's like, this is actually what teens are looking for. This is what, this is what they want. Whereas Lucy slash Tom Tom is still spoilers. Lucy slash Tom (laughs) Tom is still uh, very, very wrapped up in the, naive and uh myopic understanding of femininity and right. what it is to be pretty and that's the same thing that josh baskin brings in big not to keep bringing it back to big but the the like but you want to bring it back to big and my <laughs> my enemy tom hanks yeah <laughs> um, but yeah because like that's that part of the film is is so similar from yes. from right. big to yes. 13 going 30s that like childlike wonder being useful to an adult um and i just think that that's really interesting that you know these those movies are easily 20 years apart but we still yeah. needed that in our in our we pop constantly culture constantly need that reminder that like <laughs> hey maybe don't be so jaded yeah by all the shit that happens to you that you forget to enjoy where you are so when i look at 13 going on 30, and think about things that don't hold up. Yes, There was one thing that is on the verge of not holding up. And that's when Andy Serkis' character uh, reveals that he's gay to Jenna, 
who, as a 13-year-old in the late 80s, probably didn't really know that many gay people. So she's surprised when Andy Serkis is like, yeah. I mean, he doesn't explicitly say, yeah, I'm gay, but he, like, chuckles at the notion of her question, like, are you gay? Like, <laughs> right, and that's like the only thing that made very two thousand four. Yes, very, very gay panic. Uh, very, uh, I don't know. It just seems like in two thousand four we had gay was okay in most major metropolitan sure. areas. Mm-hmm. In a lot of suburban areas, people knew gay people, but yep. it was still there was still a a touch of gay panic. In her response, I mean, I guess he was technically explicitly gay, but you didn't find you you didn't see him interacting in any sort of gay way. He wasn't right. gay coded no. in any way. No, well, I think that was probably the mocap. Uh, yeah, gay, yeah, it's hard to do that it, in CG. It, it, it's hard. To, it's hard to uh, code gay. Not in until CG. Benedict Cumberbatch uh, were able to code as, gay as so. Smaug, right? Oh, yes, yes. Very, very gay coded Smaug. Smaug the Fabulous. Right. That's his name, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's why he's got that waistcoat made of uh, diamonds. I mean, he's covered in gold. He's into cloaca stuff, I hear. Ooh. Cloaca. Cloaca. That's right. That's the ring. Dragon physiology here. <laughs> so. Are we still reviewing a movie? We are. We are. I'm just. This is awesome. Uh, (laughs) We. I feel like we talked a lot about Jenna in the past, and I feel like we need to be like. We need to give Maddie his his due. Well, yes, we need to give Maddie his due, but we we need to give the 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 contemporary part of the movie uh, their due. Yeah. Um. I mean, did we touch on that a bit with Matt? I mean, mostly with Matt. Maddie. Yeah. I I would I mean, also like... A, as as an adult female person, yes. a, f- a femme-presenting human... I am femme-presenting and identifying. I once was doing a, 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 a weird, like, cosplay Harry Potter fan film on TikTok. There you go. And everybody else was... I was Peter Pettigrew. And everybody else in the uh, Marauders was, like, fully bound. And I was like... I don't know, I feel bad. Should I be fully bound? And then I looked at my tits in the mirror and I was like, how dare you tell me that Peter Pettigrew shouldn't have been These fabulous titties. That was another thought. The audience should know that she was feeling herself up the whole time. Oh yeah, in my Niles North 2003 high school sweatshirt. (laughs) You know, I know this is off topic, but like I noticed that when Jenna uh, fast forwards to her 30 year old self, the first thing she does is grab her boots. And she's just like... What are these? I mean... Look, boobs are fun if you are, if you disagree, you're lying to yourself. I don't care what your sexuality is. Everybody if you disagree. loves boobs. Everybody, Everybody loves, boobs. loves boobs. Nobody doesn't like boobs. Everybody loves boobies. What were you going to say as an adult female? As an, uh, Well, and that was actually, that's a great segue is like, boobs. did that feel accurate to you as, as a person who has been a 13 year old girl and a 30 year old girl? Like, did this sell for you as an accurate representation of what it would feel like to be suddenly thrown from one to the other? Yes, given the fact that I think our personalities are different, I think it does track insofar as uh, this is the 
you know, waking up, feeling your boobs. Wait, I'm old now? What do I, what do I, I have I in skipped my body? puberty, right. all the skills. Exactly, like, let's see what's going on here. Um, but also in some... Going to work in your nightgown. <laughs> it looks cute, right? It's a slip dress, Everybody right? bought it! <laughs> um, it's called fashion, apparently. I, I don't know that I buy it insofar as the fact that her... The fact that her character has changed so much. I don't think that people's character changes that much. Yeah? I think I think that if you are if you are the nerdy girl in junior high and you have that horrible experience, well, quote unquote horrible, it's like is that is is that the worst that people in junior high have experienced? No. Well, but here's the thing, is like the the experience I feel is worse for Maddie than it is for Jenna. Absolutely. I mean, it's horrible for Maddie. Like, and Jenna Jenna's makes a choice. Yeah, Jenna, and Jenna is probably embarrassed, but Maddie is, like, devastated? I mean, he cuts her out of his life. Yeah. He is, he, he is in love with her when they are 13. Yeah. And for her to be, to behave in that way is... She turns her back on Maddie and everything that Maddie represents, that nerdy side of herself. I don't think, I I honestly don't think that happens. I just think that, that there is a, there is a core morality and value system that you have by the time that you're 13. And if you are the type of person who's not going to try to do, that's not to say you can't make mistakes. That's not to say that you can't do shitty things to people, but it wouldn't change you that fundamentally. Mm. I mean, mean girls doing shit to you when you're 13 seems to be par for the course. I had friends take me out to lunch, take me out to lunch at McDonald's when I was like 12 years old and be like... You're hanging out with the popular girls. I don't know if we want to hang out with you if you're also hanging out with the popular girls. And yes, at the time when I was 13, that was very upsetting. Of course I came home crying. But it wasn't necessarily something that uh, (laughs) defined my personality going forward. Well, so Maddie says something interesting to Jenna uh, when she asked basically what happened and, you know, if she was the person that he knew back then and all that stuff and he said you got everything you ever wanted might as well enjoy it you know so it's like i mean if she had to change he's not even a little wrong no yeah. no not at all like if she had to change enough to hang out with the six chicks and essentially become their queen and put up this facade like wouldn't she try to continue that facade into adulthood in order to maintain that stuff, which would include... Especially if it keeps working. Exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, right. she's... I mean, it's it's kind of unclear where they are in the org chart, but she's at least equal with TomTom, if not above TomTom. She's above. In, she's above TomTom. The... Like that, I mean, that's my reading of their authority structure. She's above her. Yeah, it, it certainly felt like she was senior to TomTom in, yeah. their, in their work. Um, enough that Tom Tom resented her for it. We're talking so serious about this movie, and I feel like it's movies are serious business. <laughs> movies are serious business, and I feel like, especially like we said earlier, the uh, the the free Britney, the revisiting of Amanda Bynes scenario, yep. like all of these, all of these things are being revisited. But 
at the end of the day, it really is just a fun movie. Absolutely. And it's very uplifting that somebody who is a total fucking, like, popular bitch, that she can go back to the sweet person that she was. Well, and I guess that's that's maybe the best thing to end on, is how amazing was it to see them in the better timeline? Now that we now that we know what Jenna and Maddie can be when when the bad thing happens, the big question that I had at the end of it was like, wait, but is Jenna still in publishing and is Maddie still a photographer? Do they still have their careers? It looks or like do they no. just live in the dream house? That's a very good question that I never thought of. Yeah. Oh, I definitely thought about really? it. Really, yeah. really? Oh, I didn't even think about. It. I was like, they're together. It's I was beautiful. Thirty-six. The, the first way. time I watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I thought was, wait, do they still work in the same Look, place? I watched this movie last fucking week, and I still didn't even think anything about it. I was like, they're together. Yay. It's beautiful. I love movies. They're so jobs? happy. Eat some razzle. but but i don't know that uh are their lives better because they stayed together from age 13 on i think it's clear that they're happier yes i mean are their careers better in this specific instance that's true on move-in day when you've just bought a new house is is a very like either the worst possible day of your year or the best possible but, day but, of your but year. But for these specific characters, yes, they're happy. Does that mean that the lesson is everybody should follow their loins instead of their career aspirations? Probably not. No. But it's I just mean, that these two are better. I think that's there's an important distinction there, though, because it's not as though like they got the same experiences and opportunities. Like Jenna got to be the editor at because she was a bitch to Maddie and befriended the popular kids. And she, and she probably made a series of choices similar to that going on. And she didn't, uh, her like youth career goal was not to be the editor at Poise. Yeah, Like exactly. that was, she was like, yes, of course I would love to be in fashion, but she was not like the editor at Poise, 100%, no questions asked. Yeah, I, I like to hope that she's got a job that is closer to designing or closer, like she's got something that is in fashion that is closer to her, her passion? desire for her happiness. passion for fashion? Yeah, as opposed to like de- deriving from fashion. Yeah. Well, or more importantly, deriving from her relationship with Jenna or with Tom Tom. Right. Ugh. Well, in the uh in the non-canonical sequel to 13 Going on 30, The Adam Project. <laughs> Which have uh, you seen it yet? No, I haven't. And I haven't listened to the, that episode it did of the just show come out, so. yet because I haven't seen it yet. Well it, Should I? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very good. Okay. Uh Maddie goes into science <laughs> and uh, creates time travel. So I think he's doing well for himself. Yeah. And, I didn't know and he we was still in this. don't know what Jenna does. No, we she don't. She goes to work. She goes to work. She dates a dude with a mouth mullet. Uh, yep. <laughs> Did you just say mouth mullet? Yep. Yes. <laughs> what is, is that? That is the Small Ryan Reynolds. Small mustache, unkempt goatee. It, just a goatee. It's actually it's, very it's, tidy goatee. It's actually an Andy Circusian goatee. Yeah. 
Yeah, just to bring that full full circle. <laughs> I do I do like that Ryan Reynolds. I think he's going places. He's, he's, he's got some potential there. The but two guys a girl and pizza place star Ryan Reynolds. Wow, yeah, yeah that I he did great on that. He I did. feel like he's really he's really on the up and up. Absolutely. Um I uh the trailers for the Adam Project have made me roll my eyes. Interesting. Huh. So uh this is my big secret. When uh Time to Party comes on my news feed and or my RSS feed for podcasts and I haven't seen the movie, I just mark it as played because I'm like, I'm not gonna watch this or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or I mean, obviously it's a mo- if it's a movie I wanna watch, I keep it in there. Adam Project immediately went into Really? The nah. I'm curious about that because their their marketing has been such a hit for me. What is really? it that hasn't sold you? Is it that there's a kid in it? Because that normally would se- would turn no, me off. No, no, it's not necessarily that there's a kid in it. There can be kids in like people have found good kids. It's just like the whole I don't know the whole thing. I'm also not outside of Deadpool. I'm not necessarily like a Ryan Reynolds stan. That's fair. Um, but you like Star Wars, right? Yes, of course I like Star. This Wars. This is an audition movie for Star Wars. For him? This what is absolutely yeah. him and Sean Levy wanting to be make a Star Wars okay. movie. And now they're even closer because they're doing a Marvel movie together. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Wait, what are they're they? doing Deadpool 3. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is good. Very good. Um, but they also did this. they did Free Guy. Um, okay. Which is very good. I should totally stole your line there. That okay. should have been you. <laughs> um, also, I haven't seen Free Guy. It's very fun. No Free Guy. No. Warren made me it's watch fun. it and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. Do you need to watch it? No. Is it perfectly fine? Yes. It is a fun movie. Perfect. 1,000. Okay. Yeah. Enjoy it when you get around to it. Okay. So the- Adam Project, same thing. When you get around to it, super fun. Yes. And it's on Netflix, so it's not like you have to go to a theater or anything. I do love a hot Netflix selection. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing that we didn't talk about was the time travel mechanism of 13 going on 30. Oh, it's wishes. Yes. It's, it's magic. It's literally just wishes. It is sparkles in a Kool-Aid packet. <laughs> it is glitter. But magic is just science we don't understand <gasps> yet. It's glitter. Oh, thank you, Thor. <laughs> glitter. The, the, AKA, the, marv- the, the material of your people. The material of my people and also the fodder for the rival magazine Sparkle. Sparkle. <laughs> oh, oh my God, it is. Full circle. Sparkle. <laughs> sparkle makes... Wish powder. That probably. I bet you can buy it in the back of the magazine. But it, it's basically like wish powder and uh, a Barbie dream house. Yeah. That is the that is the slash summary. maybe a concussion. She does bang her head against that shelf a bunch. That's true. That is what we're meant to believe. But I am more interested in the magical interpretation. Yeah, we don't need the logical explanation. (laughs) No, no. I don't think there's any argument that she's gotten concussed enough to have this vision. Let's be very clear. We can believe that if we want to. But I like to believe her wish. Her wish is just powerful enough. That it activates the... the She manifested that that future for herself. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh... Wish, just wish. Yeah, wishing, and yes. and you too can travel through time. Absolutely, power of love. Bow, bow. Oh, not yet. We have something no, 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 no. <laughs> That's the love also- of power, which is legally distinct. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the the final final bit that we didn't cover is thirteen going on thirty worth your time. I mean. Is 1,000% a viable option? 
it is it is a great movie it is uh uh one of these sort of like teen movies that has teen slash rom-com movies that has stood the test of time absolutely uh there's cute dresses. Uh, they're selling that stripy dress online right now. I just Wait. saw that. Yeah, they're selling it. Fun fact. The actress who played young Jenna, when she turned 30, oh, fuck. borrowed that dress from Jennifer Garner and wore it for her 30th birthday. Okay, show off. <laughs> Calm <I> mean... down. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be that person, do that thing. Yes. Yeah, I guess if you are that person, do that thing. But if also, you are that human you. being, fuck you. I mean, just because. Also, who's your agent? Can you send me a <laughs> yeah, link? Call me. A number. Just because the Cubs messed it up by not winning the World Series when they were supposed to doesn't oh, mean Jesus. other movie icons can't do the thing that they were meant to do. <laughs> Whoops. I'm not a sports guy. Why do I care? I just want the Back to the Future thing to come true. Right? I'm not Back to the Future was supposed to be predictive. Come on, we all knew this. Back to the Future is a documentary and events happen in real time. It's Mm -hmm. true. (laughs) (laughs) The the Tannen and McFly families are still heavily involved in the community of Hill Valley. That was a reference to my favorite uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force quote. Highlander (laughs) was a documentary and events happened in real time. Oh, Highlander. Speaking of time travel. With the French Highlander and the Scottish Spaniard. So Ansel, as the the one of us who hadn't seen this movie, doesn't oh, yes. hold up mm. in today's modern era. That's a very That's good very question. Interesting. That's a very good question. I think with the exception of the noted weirdness of Andy Serkis's reveal as a gay character at the end of the film being strangely handled uh other than that yeah it totally holds up uh especially as a person in your 30s watching it as a so i think that we we ran into this again with um that other movie that everybody watches when they're a teenager uh donnie darko Darko. Uh, the same thing happens where like when you watch donnie darko as a 14 year old you identify with 14 year olds and when you watch as an adult you identify with the adults i think the same thing happened here where it was like okay the 14 year olds were like a fun throwback character and i I was like yeah that was cool i was 14 vaguely around that time um and then so the 30 year olds you know were definitely along with being the majority of the film were also you know the characters that i was able to access um so adult maddie especially uh you know read for me um which is good because Ruffles is is great. Yes. Um, Ruffles do have bridges, and right. by bridges I mean nuance to his yeah, acting. Yeah, they're like a, like an onion. Yeah, like an onion. Um, but yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Like I think an this, ogre. Was, this was very much worth my time, uh, and it did hold up awesome. for the most part. Yes. I am so happy that you have been inducted into the thirteen going on thirty club. <laughs> This is it, it's this just is the story of this podcast. It's just well, it's just such a good movie. It really is. It really is a fun. Uh, and again, I think because I watched Big so much as a kid, like I cannot extricate the two, mm-hmm. but in a good way. Yeah. Where like this is this is something that I'm I'm able to access with that childlike wonder because I watched Big as a kid. Um, 
so this has like flavors of that same concept while being actually a time travel film because it does it does do that thing where we we bump forward into her 30 year old time as well as her 30 year old self i appreciate the fact that you called this a film that is that is a oh yeah <laughs> a, 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 a part title of someone's of honor. oeuvre. <laughs> yes, yes. Who is the auteur of this film? Yeah. I I will say I did look it up. It is a male director, which uh, I'm sorry, I'm biased against male directors, but there's uh, more of us, but we're less good at them. Yeah, that's, that's no, happening. no, no. It's not that they're less good at them. It's just that there's more of you, so there's more opportunity to be bad at it. Oh, yeah, um, the numbers are not not in the favor of male directors. That's but sure. it, it just one of the writers was female, Gary Winnick. Yes, uh, which I did not realize. Uh, written by Josh Goldsmith and Kathy Yuspa. I don't know. That is interesting her. that that this was or written him. by. Written by and, and directed by mostly men. I mean, granted, it's 2004, so. We had so much farther to go. Um, <laughs> the deep sigh. And I, you know, I don't want to. As, I, I as a white dude, I have to recognize that we done some shit. No, I know. And I, I, I appreciate that. People. I appreciate the, uh, for the, for the dudes that I know, I appreciate the perpetual apologies of white men that like, I know that. I know that everybody that I associate with recognizes that white men have been uh, a problem, like just problematic. But that's also not to say that all white men are bad at movies, you know, or bad at anything. And I like what you observe there with the the sort of law of large numbers where it's like, yeah, on, on average, sure, we as a people are fine, but there are enough shitty people in any demographic that the the fact that white men have dominated film for so long means that that minority of people have found their yeah. way and, into and that's well, why into the business. that's why whenever people of color or marginalized communities make films and they're bad they get extra they're like uh this is why we don't hire them exactly hate them i'm gonna punch them in the face so ridiculous like such a terrible yeah but it is yeah but it is if you literally let every woman on the planet direct a movie some of them some of them are gonna suck bad because it's just statistics i mean look at patty jenkins she can make two-thirds of a good movie (laughs) i thought she made Total one good movie. Total. <laughs> I think if you like add it all together, it's like I'm two good movies. I'm just talking about the movies. Wonder Woman's because I don't, uh, I don't, I haven't seen Zero Dark Thirty. Mm, Zero Dark Thirty was actually really good. I haven't seen that through. one. And wait, fun. she did Hurt Locker too, right? Uh, no, that was Catherine uh, Bigelow. Oh, that's Catherine Bigelow. Sorry, apologies. Oh, okay. Apologies to I, my people. I didn't directors. know that until he said it just then either. Um, I know that because in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, uh, <laughs> the musical that they're putting on is Hurt Locker, the musical. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, in in the Broadway production, in the, in the new version. Oh, I oh, was like, revision. wait a minute, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. wait a minute, isn't I was like, not, wait, not, wait, 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 from like. I don't remember that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yes, in the in the Wonder Woman's, I think she made like one and a third good movies. Sure, if you put them yeah. all if you jam both Wonder Woman's women together. Together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. One and a third total. Yeah. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Yeah. <laughs> it's that third act that really gets and th- uh, honestly I don't think that's her fault. I think that's DC's fault. 
DC, figure out your fucking third act. Figure it out. We've DC, been we're you calling you out right now. <laughs> we Marvel did it. Could you they just did. watch a Marvel movie and then do that? DC, if you'll sponsor this podcast, we'll delete we'll tell you. all of we'll, this. Yeah. Except I will not censor my dislike for uh, Ezra Miller. Oh, yeah, no. We're taking your money oh, and we're not, we're not doing... Yeah, yeah The Flash. Oh, oh, Terrible no. Flash. I think I there's a lot of a potential lot of there that was not used properly. I, I don't want to punch him in the face. He I has a very punchable it. face. He has a very that's which is perfect for the Flash. I haven't yeah, seen Wally, either not, uh, Justice's League. Don't. I saw Peacemaker. <laughs> that, that was enough. That was amazing. Peacemaker is great. Did you like I it? love Peacemaker. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Of course I fucking love. I was gonna say okay. <laughs> yeah, Peacemaker was great. Peacemaker. Both sui- or the Suicide Squad and the. Um, Birds of Prey were really I good. I love Birds of Prey. Shazam. I love the Suicide Squad. I, I still haven't, haven't seen Shazam. Shazam. Shazam's great. Shazam was my travel, favorite. Can we watch it together? Uh, I don't... Well, we can watch it a, together for funsies. Yeah, yeah there's no... That's right. I, I, you don't get any commentary on that. <laughs> friends at home. Maybe if you start paying us on a Patreon or something, we'll... There we go. We'll watch oh, wait, other you movies. you Patreon? No, we don't. No, we oh. don't. But we <laughs> I was could. Be like, In theory, we could. On Patreon. <laughs> I'm really good at that. Yeah, we're not monetizing at all. We no, really ought to. We really just do this to do this. But also, like, good. Like, yeah, there, fun. sometimes there are things that don't need to be monetized. We just wanted yeah. to talk to you about a movie. God, and I Helena so, and, you know, all I the other so people. I feel so honored. I feel so honored. Honored. That's the, honored is the Jewish pronunciation. Ah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, party people, I think that about does it for our review of 13 going on 30. Yeah, it was great. It was, was a great conversation. We covered a lot. We did. We, we'll see how much ends up in the show. Yeah. If, you're, <laughs> if you're still with us, with us, thank you. It's only been 45 minutes for them. Oh, that's, that's time travel. That is. T- we're time travelers. We are. You should know it's been travelers. three and a half hours for us. <laughs> we're just enjoying hanging out. It's true. We're just friends. Who cares? It's a, it's a school Nicole night. hasn't hung out with people for a very long time. So. Ooh, this pandemic. Yeah, yeah. man. Oof. <sighs> it's been bad. I haven't yeah. seen your butt in so long. So long. I was just about to show you my butt, but I don't know what my underwear is. <laughs> so I second guessed it. I was it. just making a comment about how many shows I've missed of yours. So Ben, was 13 Going on 30 worth your time? As someone who appreciated 13 Going on 30 when it came out, I've always had a spot for it in my heart. But watching it now as an adult, you know, I there were, I thought that I would encounter some elements that were like... Maybe this doesn't hold up. Maybe this doesn't fit anymore. Maybe time flew by, but it didn't. It still has a place. It's still important. There are still messages that the modern audience need to hear from this movie, and it shouldn't be overlooked. Do I feel like 13 going on 30 was worth it? Uh, Okay, put it this way. When this was the selection for our episode, I had literally watched this movie probably two weeks before uh, (laughs) that we said this was, oh, this is the selection for our episode. This is a, uh, a piece of film, and yes, I call it film with a capital if. This is a piece of film that, uh, is transcendent of any era that is transcendent of the time travel trope 
but still gives the audience things to think about, things to reflect upon, and I think this is just a, like, A++ movie. Yeah. And Ansel, as, the, as seeing this for the first time, you know, at, at your current age, mm. you know, how do you see 13 Going on 30 fitting with the modern era? I really appreciated this film going into it as an adult for the first time uh, because it meant that I was immediately in the shoes of Maddie and Jenna as opposed to looking at it as a as a teenager looking forward to gosh you know that that wish fulfillment side of it um i was immediately thrown into it from the like cautionary side like oh yeah well if i keep making choices would 13 year old me be proud of the choices i've made to get to where i am now at, at you know in my 30s um and i think that that's equally useful as a viewpoint to take this film from. Um, so yeah, abs- was it worth my time? Absolutely. Uh, it was super fun. It was really enjoyable. It's a good love story. Um, uh, what what did we decide to call him? The, the Ruffles? Ruffles? <laughs> yeah. Mark Ruffles? Jennifer and the Ruffles really have some great chemistry. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. The childlike wonder and the charm of this movie are just things that need to be carried on throughout time. Uh, I'm raising my hand <laughs> so that I can be called upon, but I, it's 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 uh, very fascinating and invaluable to be reviewing this movie with two boys. Mm. Um, that like I mean, I I mean we're men, but <laughs> boys. Uh, in that you found something valuable in watching this movie that is very, very much geared towards young women. Absolutely. And I mean, that's part of the the movie magic, right? Like, if you're watching something that isn't exactly your experience, you gain empathy by finding something to relate to in something like this. Mm-hmm. You're not just dis- dismissing it because it's not your your lived experience, you know? Exactly. Uh, I have a viewpoint into being a 16-year-old girl, a 13-year-old girl that I would not have had without this film. You know, uh, movies are a very important way for you to flex and work out your empathetic muscles. And more people need to work out those muscles because there are far too many people out there in this world who will just write it off as shit. You know, when in in reality, by learning more about the people around you and their experiences, it can only enrich yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Deep, deep. Yeah. Super deep. And if you have super deep thoughts, you can find us online. You can engage with the conversation uh, using the hashtag time to party. That's the number two party. You can also at us, find us on the internet. You know, on Instagram and Twitter, I am at BSilverio20. I'm at OG Nicole Keating at all platforms. And I am at Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram. This has been an Indecisionist production. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longit of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. Party people, you know, 
there, like I always say, there's a lot of ways to party. Sometimes you want gum. Sometimes you want candy. But then other times you get time to party where you get both. Like razzles. Because we haven't talked nice. about razzles enough. No, we mentioned razzles at no point because Nicole doesn't know what razzles are. But I'm glad you brought you razzles You can still back. buy them, I found out. You can. You get them on They're Amazon. a thing. Amazon. So party people, as you stock up on your razzles, we just want to remind you to be excellent to each other. And party, party on, on, dudes. dudes. <laughs> He's doing the song that's not copyrighted. Bye, bye. Bye, bye.